Well, it'll be great to welcome a very notable and familiar and popular voice back to 640 Toronto. The Alex Pearson Show will debut on Monday right after our show, Toronto Today, at 9 o'clock. So let's have a conversation with Alex about where she's been, how it's all felt these last four months, and where her show will take us starting on Monday, August the 8th. You know, like so many people, Greg, I hardly need to explain to you or anyone listening, the last couple of years have been absolutely exhausting. And, you know, this is a, the, the shift that I had been doing is a really tough shift at the best of times, especially if you've got kids. It's not really the kind of shift you do when you're in your later years. It's that shift you get into and, you know, you don't have to see anyone, you have no life and it's fine. But, you know, five years in, I was starting to really feel the burnout. But more than that, I was also seeing a little boy, my little boy, who really hadn't had me around in a proper way for many years. And he had also really been affected by the pandemic because, of course, I had to homeschool him, which was an utter disaster. And it had affected him. And so, like so many parents, and again, it's not unique to me, I had to make a choice. Um, and I had a, an amazing amount of support from the station where it was just like, I, I'm at the point now where I'm no good to you guys, but I have to step away from me. And I got to spend some time with, with my nine-year-old who... You know, in a couple of years, Greg, he's going to be saying, Mom, get the hell out of my room. That's I it. Need you. That's and it. So I, those years are slipping away from me. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to step away, catch my breath, be a really good mom. And thank God I did. Um, and I think a lot of people need to kind of are in that moment where they're like, I need to catch my breath. And I just need to give a little bit back because there's not a parent I'm talking mm -hmm. to. Not one. And, and maybe you're seeing the same thing, whether it's on the playground or at school, wherever, or at camps, or whatever, and who are saying, like, oh, my son or my daughter's this, or going through that. And it's just, I think everyone's had to really kind of reassess where they're at in life. And um, and for me, I had to put a lot of focus on, on my boy. And I'm glad I did. It, it was a really amazing kind of couple of months. So I, I thank the station for backing me, and um, and I think we're, we're on a, a great trajectory now. I'm great. I'm great. I'm yeah. glad it's on a better track. I, when I first moved here, uh, I, I started doing four to seven on this very yeah. station when they had the Maple Leafs rights and everything. And even then, Alex, like I'm like, the mm -hmm. show's on my mind all morning. My kids mm -hmm. were two and zero, two and yeah. zero. And um, and my wife has a career also. And yeah. and I so I did that until my kids were five and three. I got a chance to do uh, noon to three somewhere else, which eventually led to mornings. But I thought. I miss dinner time. I miss afternoon yeah. after school time. I'll miss school plays. I'll miss soccer games. I'll miss. I can't coach. I love coaching and volunteering in the community. I, that's a hard shift, even let alone evenings where the show is on your mind three hours longer and there's more of a progression and people don't want to pick up the phone necessarily at eight ten and give you a great interview, right? They don't. Yeah, it's amazing because a lot of people will say, "Well, it must be nice to work three hours a day," which I always oh, make me chuckle because three. The show is the easy part. It's the building of it, mm -hmm. and especially in these news cycles. You just don't stop working. And so at night, it's just like you never stop. And um, it just turns into your life. And there's so much noise in the world right now, so much noise, be it social media, be it all these heavy, heavy issues, economy, inflation, health care, all these things. People are tired. So I think it's good for everyone. I would advise everyone, get off of Twitter for a while, get off of Facebook, get, off, get out of the noise. And just turn it off because it really does make a massive difference. Massive difference. I literally turned my life off, and it was weird. I kept my mm. my my hand on the pulse of the heavy stuff that was going on, but for a good like eight weeks, I was watching Degrassi Junior High, going, "Oh my god, I can't watch the news." Okay, I'll watch I'll watch Wheels. 
I'll paint stuff. I'll do stuff. But the, the big thing I did was, and I loved every second of it, I read to my kid every single, like for two hours, we dove into Harry Potter. And, um, and that became our thing. And I have loved every minute of it. He has loved every minute. And I've been able to listen to him and talk to him and hear what's going on and just get order in the house and structure. And it's been amazing. And um, I have to thank my husband, who's probably listening right now, because he has been a rock, which he always is. And he's a massive Toronto Today fan. I already know that about David. <laughs> just never misses any. He's up at 528 shaking you going, he's on. The guy. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to say something stupid within 10 minutes. Well, you bring up the reading era. Like, I will tell you. That goes away. Like, you know, they'll still go to movies with you. We took our kids to the Top Gun movie last Friday. They'll still go to Wonderland. They'll go to they'll go to TFC. But the reading to your kid era ends with the snap of a finger. It's just there like, one night and then it's gone the next night. I promise you. So do it as much as you can. Well, I do. Yeah, because at some point he's going to go, Where, I'm, where's the porn? I'll be like, no, I'm not reading that. <laughs> uh, like... Like, no, yeah, if he wants to watch that. Porky's with you or Fast Times at Ridgemont High, you know better. You see, you saw those movies when you were fourteen or fifteen. You, you know better. I will watch. I will insist you watch those movies. Look, I'm a, I'm a, like you. I'm old school. I'm a kid of the eighties. I firmly believe in that. So yeah, so it's been it's been really great. I want to thank the station, my management, uh, the team, you guys, everybody, my listeners. The listeners have been fantastic. Such lovely notes. So I do really, really appreciate it. And you know what? I I, I Alex Pearson is joining us. Uh, I want to ask you um, whether you think, you mentioned the pandemic. Has the mm-hmm. pandemic changed people's politics in general? I feel we were pretty tribal before, yeah. but I think we're we're very much advocating for our own households. I think we've all made pivots during the pandemic. I know I have. Do you think the, the, the pandemic has made us less sort of engaged with party politics? Um, that's a good question. I think, yeah, the political landscape has for sure changed. I think what has happened is that, you know, people have gone into their silos and they don't listen to each other anymore. And I think that's really dangerous. And I think we underestimate the anger out there. And I've said this for a very long time, that when you talk down to people, when you dismiss concerns, when you ignore, malign, call people unacceptable, whatever, when you take that approach with people, and we've seen a lot of that, and we see it a lot from all sides of the aisle, you polarize people, and that's when people start, you know, tuning out. And I think that's really dangerous. And so absolutely, I mean, a lot of people ask me about Pierre Paul Lievra and is he going to win, is he going to do this and the What I would say about Pierre Paul Lievra, a guy like that, is don't underestimate who is turning to him because it's not conservatives, it's not far right. You'd be, I'd be, I will, and I'll get into this on, on the show mm-hmm. um, throughout. Of, you know, there are people from all walks of life turning to him because he has tapped into something. Um, and it's not just left, it's not just right, it's not old, it's not just young. And I think we underestimate that people want and need to be heard because there is real anger, frustration, hurt, stress in this country. And we've had governments in control right now that all they do, Greg, is they deliver the talking points. We get the headlines, but we get nothing of what they promised. And it's not making life easier for people, you know? And, and I think people are just fed up. And I think, yeah, I think there are uh, people that lean left that voted for Doug Ford because they said 
Um, he'll keep schools open. He'll get masks off my five-year-old. I send my mom, you probably know, I, I grew up in a strong, you know, both teachers, both union yep. people. Um, but they, uh, they, I grew up in a very strong NDP household. And yet I sent my mom a video of Ron DeSantis last night for, but I, I may never vote for DeSantis. There's things I would never agree with Ron DeSantis on, but he gave me 60 seconds of video last night. And I agreed with every word. And that's where I'm at. Yep. If you tell me something true that I agreed with, I, I, you know, I, I won't agree with you all the time. But that's what our industry is supposed to do. That's what your show, my show, that's what politics is supposed to be. You say what you think. You'll get some stuff right. You'll get some stuff wrong. And you'll learn and evolve along the way. I hope we're, do, I hope we're trying to do that through the pandemic. And maybe the only good thing that comes out of it. You know what, Greg, there used to be something called accountability, and it does not exist anymore. And it is our job to hold people to account, to hold politicians to account, no matter which party they're with, and it doesn't happen anymore. I mean, you used to lose a career um, over a $16 orange juice. That, that used to be the bar, and now we've got government that lies, uh, you know, is um, pulling all sorts of shenanigans, eroding rights at the federal level. Um, we've got governments that are, are not delivering. You know, you look at the healthcare situation throughout this country, especially in Ontario. You know, we're just not able to hold the politicians to account. And I think we really, we really have to step up that game because they work for us. And I think they forget that. And it's our job to make sure that when the premier comes out and says, well, you know, 90% of people are getting the healthcare they need. Well, that is a load of crap. Like that, I'm being polite. Yeah. I don't know what planet he's on getting that health care. It is not in the, in the planet of Ontario. Or when you get Sylvia Jones saying, yeah, it's really frustrating that this is... No, it's not frustrating, Greg. It's unacceptable. We don't have choices in this country for Medicare. So therefore, your job is to deliver it and make sure that people aren't waiting months for diagnostics, months for life-saving surgeries. It's not acceptable. And I think it's time that we actually hold these people you know, accountable, no matter what political stripe they are. That's what I thought about with the clips earlier this week. I heard from the premier and uh, and the health minister is Alex. Eight and a half hours should not yeah. be some kind of benchmark uh, here. You, you get a metal standard. Chicago, we looked it up yesterday. Chicago's a pretty busy city. Tough to get around. I, I know it's two-tier health care. Maybe there's some things to embrace about that. There's a lot to reject. But their average wait time in hospitals is about three hours. In Detroit, yeah. it's two and a half. And I don't care what's happening in other parts of the world. You just nailed it. We elected you. We pay you. You are we, you are the health minister of an entire province of 15 million people. I don't care what's going on in Spain or the second world or the third world. You have to only focus on Ontario. And they're not. No, they're not. You know, I have a sister living in Hamilton. And I've got another sister who lives in Connecticut. And my sister in Connecticut can literally go to an MRI this afternoon if she needs Sure. I'm waiting, and I have been waiting seven months for an MRI, and it's one that I need to get. And she is just flabbergasted, and she knows our healthcare system, but to think that we can't get access to the services that we're told we're guaranteed, and it's getting worse and worse, is not okay. And so for me, when I hear, well, you know, we'll just throw more money at it, we'll throw more money at it, it's not just about money, we have to fundamentally change the way we are delivering healthcare. Because, Greg, I covered SARS as a little cub reporter. I was there at the inquiries. I was there at the commissions. I was there at the reports. And all of this was foreshadowed. This is what you have to do to get ready for the next 
you know, uh, pandemic or health crisis, you have to invest here. You've got to shore up front lines. You've got to make investments and all these things to bolster up like the, the, the army of Medicare. And yeah. it didn't happen. This isn't the nurses and doctors to blame. It's a system-wide failure, and we have to stop. Mm. We have to stop stopping that conversation about medical care. We can't just say we're never doing two two-tier care, but we have to change it. We don't mm. need to go the American route, but we absolutely have to mm. fundamentally change healthcare delivery in this country, or we're going to be screwed. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, uh, we, we've said it a million times this week. I, I, I love Ontario. I love Toronto, but I, I don't. You know, under these circumstances. I won't live here 20 years from now, 25 yep. years from now. I, I've, I've got to be somewhere where I know um, mm-hmm. that things are that are happening now to our parents and our seniors aren't Absolutely. happening. I got to get out of here, but yeah, nine, yeah, yeah, yeah. nine <laughs> o'clock, uh, tell people what they can expect on uh, on Monday and, and beyond. Well, three years of, um, you know, holding people to account. We're going to dive into a lot of the local issues. We've got big, big issues coming out. We've got a big municipal election, you know, so we'll dive into, you know, why should John Tory be the anointed one? Has he really done the job for Toronto of making us Toronto the good? We'll dive into stuff like that. But anyone who knows my show, Greg, will also know I always bite into those meaty, meaty topics that aren't necessarily the big story, but they really are very consequential. And our job will be to tell you why it matters. So we'll get you covered everywhere locally, but we'll also make sure that the big issues are covered too. So I'm very, very excited. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll carry you through the day. Enjoy a restful weekend. And uh, I can't Thank wait you. to uh, introduce you on Monday. Absolutely. We'll see you. Al- Thanks, Alex guys. Pearson joining us. The Alex Pearson show starts on Monday leading into the Kelly Contreras show. Alex from nine to noon, Kelly from 12 to three.